Hello, and welcome to the Compatible You podcast, where we speak weekly about all things women health in an attempt to break the stigma of what just really makes us us. In today's episode, I'm excited to bring awareness to what's called the period stigma. I think at some time in our lives, we've either heard someone or, you know, a family member, friend talk about periods or our menstrual cycles in a pretty embarrassing or even sometimes in a pretty gross way. For example, I remember when I was a teenager and I needed to go to the servo to do an emergency pad run. I was so bloody embarrassed to do that. Like to the point where I would kind of hide the product under the bag of chips I bought and, you know, try so hard to not make eye contact with the attendant. You know, God forbid another human knew that I was currently on my period. I think back to these times and kind of wanted to dive into the topic of the period stigma and to see where it came from, what keeps this stigma going, and I guess look at ways to help those around me to not feel ashamed to talk about their periods. I really enjoyed researching this topic behind the period stigma and hope that you can learn something and maybe take a moment to feel confident about who we are as women and to stop hiding what our bodies can do for us. So to begin this podcast, I just wanted to look back at the history of the period stigma and I guess when did we start to feel ashamed about them and, you know, how did it all begin? So to answer this question, I needed to travel way back to in time to the Old Testament in the Bible. So there was a term in the Old Testament called Nida and Nida is a Jewish term which translates to someone who has been excluded or expelled and was used to describe women who were on their periods. There was such shame and disgust around women who were on their periods in the Old Testament times. You know, if it wasn't bad enough that they had a term to describe them as being excluded by things because of their period, it was actually seen as forbidden for a husband to have sex with their wife while she was on her period. Or if this was to happen, um, the way they could get around having sex um, was the fact that she had to bathe in a special water and that water was believed to purify her from the evil of her period. It's pretty insane. But it, it isn't just the, um, you know, the Jewish religion, which was disgusted by women who were on their periods back in the days. Ancient Romans actually believed, you know, more often than not, um, that women who were menstruating were seen to be as dark witches. So if you were on your period, you people thought you were a witch. And even the French often thought that, you know, if a woman fell pregnant after having sex during her period, um, the only thing that would come from that was a monster. Like they literally thought periods created monsters. It's pretty insane. And it is, yeah, pretty intense, the amount of disgust and horror surrounding women in their periods. Like, I think it's mind-boggling that, you know, the biological process, which, you know, is pretty essential to sustain and create life on Earth, was thought about in such a dark and, you know, eerie light. But, you know, I think the sad thing is that, although those terms often heard in today's society, um... You know, they sorry, they aren't heard in today's society. You know, we don't tend to call people on their periods witches and things like that. It still doesn't change the fact that there's still a stigma and a bit of discrimination present in today's society regarding women and their periods. But, you know, it's just portrayed a little different, which is what I want to talk about now, about how period um, stigma manifests today as opposed to how it did in the old times. 
Now, period stigma can manifest, you know, as simply the way we talk about our periods or um, our menstrual cycles. You know, I actually rarely hear people talking about their periods by saying, oh, I'm menstruating today or I'm on my period. You know, you often hear other terms for their periods. You know, they say things like, oh, it's that time for the month or the one, you know, that I used to hear um, older women say was Auntie Flo's in town. And, you know, as funny and humorous as those terms are, I think, you know, it makes talking about our periods um, a taboo topic. And I guess when we don't call our periods exactly what they are, I think we make it seem like it isn't socially acceptable to talk about our periods, you know, in plain light. Another way of period stigma continuing in our day and age relates to the discrimination often met by those either on their period or those who talk about their period. So, I mean, the most obvious way I can think of this discrimination manifesting is a joke switched around periods and, you know, the term PMS. For example, how many times have you heard someone say, oh, you must be on your rags or, oh, she must be PMSing, like that's the only reason why she could be grumpy or upset. It's like, no, you're being a dick. That's why I'm grumpy. You know, women aren't allowed to just be grumpy or sad for the sake of being grumpy or sad. It's like something needs to be causing that. And we're kind of making a joke out of our periods. You know, they always go straight for the fact that women can only be ever annoyed, sad or grumpy if they're on their period or they're about to get it. You know, those terms where we joke and laugh about it or, you know, refer to grumpy women as PMSing, um, that's not even like the most serious manifestation um, about periods. You know, it's there's serious misinformation about some sanitary products. So, you know, some people believe that by using a tampon, you know, you're actually going to lose your virginity. And it's like those comments, jokes and misinformation is, I guess, what keeps that discrimination and that stigma around periods strong, you know, and, you know, it's really hard to break that when so many around us resort to making jokes and, you know, being misinformed about sanitary products, things like that. Yeah, it's a real issue. And I think, you know, as annoying and frustrating as those things are, they aren't the biggest issue we face when it comes to our periods. You know, we see and hear the stigma around us, um, you know, a lot of the time, but it's what we don't see, which is a very, very big issue when it comes to period stigma. And the biggest issue, I think, is the access issues women are still facing in 2021. I think our minds, um, you know, more often than not go to the third world countries when it comes um, to the topic of access issues relating to basic human items and needs. This is definitely the case in this instant with women in countries such as Papua New Guinea and the Solomon Islands more often than not not being able to afford quality sanitary products. These women have often um, had to resort to using makeshift products which have pretty poor effects on their health. You know, um, it can cause rashes, it can cause pain, um, it could cause leakage because the products they've kind of had to make themselves aren't doing their job, which then, you know, causes further stigma and suffering. And unfortunately, this is often to the point that, you know, girls in those third world developing countries um, choose to miss out on school. You know, they can't go to school because they, you know, don't have suitable products and they're embarrassed to go to school. 
you know, it's crazy that something, you know, that seems so small to us, um, I guess, in the Western world where we have, you know, pretty readily available access to products, you know, it could cause someone to not go to school because they're scared that, you know, they're going to leak um, or they just, you know, don't even have products at all. I think it's pretty crazy. And, you know, I sat there for a while reading the statistics um, about the um, lack of access to sanitary products and, you know, trying to put myself in those shoes, imagining living living a life like that. And it just made my head spin. Like, it's 2021. Like, how is that still the case? It's crazy. But on that topic, something that I was pretty shocked about further than, you know, what I already was is the fact that this isn't just selective to third world countries. So during the research, I looked into the statistics within the Western world. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of statistics um, surrounding Australian data, but I found a research um, which was conducted relating to women in the United States. I have linked this study in the description of this podcast below if you want to um, read a bit more, learn a bit more about it. It's a really interesting study. But the study basically researched period poverty, um, period poverty meaning um, lack of access to sanitary products, for a number of US college women. And it was found that 14.2% of those women um, experienced period poverty or weren't able to access sanitary products within the last year. And on top of that, 10% of those women experienced it every month. So it's not just like a once-off, oh, I can't afford this or I can't access that. It was every month. Like That is absolutely insane. And period stigma, you know, it just goes to show that it's a worldwide issue. And I think if a similar research was to be conducted on, you know, Australian uni students, sadly, I think it would be similar. And I guess in terms of Western world um, period poverty, I think that can be related to not being able to afford those sanitary products. Um, being in remote areas, not being able to actually um, physically be able to access those products. Um, They are expensive. And I guess if women are homeless or they're experiencing, you know, domestic violence and have to leave quickly to escape um, abuse, then they might not be able to access um, those sanitary products, which is, yeah, it's just crazy. And, you know, it is a lot to take in. But then I guess the question next is what, you know, do we do about this? It's not an easy fix, but there are definitely things we can start doing to reduce the stigma of our periods and work towards finding ourselves in a world where we don't have period poverty. I think the easiest thing that we can start to do relates to the things we hear and challenging when our periods are, I guess, made fun of or, you know, joked about. We can work to break the stigma by calling our period, our period, you know, stopping the jokes and not just laughing off when someone tells you you must be on your rags because you're grumpy. You know, it might not always be easy, but I guess when the more of us challenge these comments or these jokes, the more of us will be able to stand up to reduce that stigma. And I definitely believe that by not um, taking periods products for granted is a really huge way of breaking the discrimination about our periods. Although, you know, it should be a necessity to be supplied with products, unfortunately, it's not the case for many people, many women. So we need to really appreciate what we have. Um, There are actually some really great organisations which are raising awareness for period poverty and working together to try and get these products to the women in need. 
For example, there's an organization called Share the Dignity, and this organization aims to support women who are experiencing homelessness, fleeing domestic violence, or just struggling, you know, to make ends meet. Share the Dignity aims to distribute period products to those women in need. Another one is Tampons That Care, and this organization aims to donate period products to women in third world countries who are unable to purchase them. And by making donations to these organizations or even, you know, as simple as sharing their social media posts, pages, things like that, you may also be able to assist in that sense. I really hope you can take something away from today's podcast relating to the peer shame. It's a topic which needs to be talked about more. So let's work together to stop the shame and make period talk natural. Um, As I said earlier, I did link the study that I talked about earlier below if you want to have a read. And I've also linked the charity websites in the descriptions, just if you want to learn more about what they're doing, if you want to donate, help out, anything like that. I hope you guys have a super week and I look forward to bringing you next week's episode, which looks at thyroid health and its effect on fertility. Have a great week, guys.